1: You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win.
2: Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on post reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too.
3: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire! For Thursday, March 2nd, we got an amazing podcast today featuring a special guest. I've had him on my radio show in the past, back when I was hosting a Saturday show for six years on Fox Sports Radio Saturday mornings. A lot of fun. His name is Sonny Vaccaro. I'm sure anyone under the age of 35 has no idea who he is. But if you covered high school basketball, college basketball, you know who Ed O'Bannon is, there's a really good chance you're familiar with Sonny Vaccaro's work. Just a titan in the youth basketball industry. And oh, by the way, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are making a movie about him signing Michael Jordan to Nike back when Michael Jordan was entering the NBA. So Kind of a timely interview. Now, Sonny Vaccaro is a little older now. He's living in Palm Springs out here in L.A., uh, outside of L.A. He's about 83 years old, but he's got stories galore. Super nice guy. Just really plugged in, and I'm happy for him. You know, this guy's had an incredible career, so we'll talk to him. Nice little 30-minute chat. But before we get to Sonny Vaccaro, I know a lot of people think, oh, Jason, what's the latest with the Combine? What's going on? No, 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 no. Jason, hey, how about the Lakers getting the win without Anthony Davis? no, 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 no. Jason, how about your crappy night on the college basketball front? No, we're definitely not talking about that. Two games lost in overtime. Don't want to go there. Not talking about the Bucks winning their 16th straight game. Nope. Folks, I think the biggest sports story today, not Tua Tungavailoa, learning jujitsu to avoid concussions. Yes, that is a real thing that's happening. The biggest story in sports today is what the hell is going on with John Morant? Now, If you've been listening to this podcast for the entire NBA season, even dating back to last year's playoffs, you know I had quickly worn thin on the Memphis Grizzlies' consistency in a trash-talking department. They ran their mouths more than any team in the league. It wore on me quickly. I was kind of out on them. I was openly rooting for the Timberwolves in that playoff series when Anthony Edwards nearly took them down. And then Memphis got smoked by Golden State, which I liked. Because I did, I just don't like the constant trash talk. Now, I liked Dylan Brooks in college. I liked him in Oregon. But he's basically turned into a goon in the NBA. He's a cheap shot artist. I, it's tough to respect what he's become in the NBA. Now, I get his role. I totally understand that. But it almost feels like Memphis has, like, got its personality not from Dylan Brooks but from Ja Morant. All along, everybody thought, oh, well, Dylan Brooks is leading the charge being the dirty um, goon for the Memphis Grizzlies, but uh, lo and behold, it it sounds like John ja Morant has become something, uh, somebody who thinks he's a gangster. I don't know when this occurred, but as we all know, John ja Morant has had a rapid rise. I was reading about him yesterday, and I learned that John ja Morant could not dunk a basketball until his senior year in high school. He was like a small guard, and once he started dunking, he obviously didn't stop he ends up at Murray State. They have a, I think, oh, wait, is it Murray State? I'm pretty sure it's Murray State. Yeah. John Moran ends up at uh, Murray State. He has a nice run. They make the NCAA tournament. Like, he was fun. He was a good story. He All of a sudden, i mean, coming literally out of nowhere to be the number two pick in the draft. Lands on Memphis is kind of an instant hit. Folks, this is only his fourth year in the NBA. He's an all-NBA player. He's averaging 27-8 and eight already a game. Now, he can't, still can't shoot three-pointers, 31%. But none of his on-court stuff is the story. The Washington Post went digging, and apparently, John Morant... Remember that incident he had with the Indiana Pacers after the game where some of John Morant's guys were talking trash to the Pacers, and then they were like, oh, we'll see you later. And then... You know, as they're loading up the truck, some of the Pacers kind of guy guys are harassed by a crew, and there's somebody pointing a red flash lighter, and it was a, it was a bit of a sketchy scene, and John ja Morant was identified with that crew. I was like, what's he doing hanging out with these idiots? What does he think, he's a gangster? Well, now we hear there are more stories. The latest, according to TMZ, is to a pick-up basketball game at John ja Morant's house, and I don't know how this happened, but a 17-year-old stumbled into the game. Because, you know, obviously if you're a uh, high-level 22, 23-year-old NBA player, you want you want to be hanging out with 17-year-olds at your house, right? At any rate, you know, Ja Morant sees a 17-year-old guarding him and does what any NBA player would do. I'm kidding, of course. It basically throws the ball hard at the kid. Well, the kid's not some punk. He throws it right back hard at Ja. And it goes through his hands, hits him in the face. And, uh, you know, people, I guess, laughed. John Morant goes up to the kid. He towers over the 17-year-old. And he's like, oh, should I, you know, should I hit him? What should I do? Standing over the kid. And just sucker punches him. And then John Morant's friend, some loser who's a hanger on her and his crew starts punching the kid. And then they pile on the kid start beating him up. This is at John Morant's house. Like, what are you doing? You're an NBA player. You're you're the face of a franchise and you're beating up a 17-year-old? What? This is insane. So of course it gets worse. The kid gets up, he starts to walk away, and he turns around. And he sees John ja Morant come out of the house with like a gun tucked into his waistband, like he's Wyatt Earp or some some <laughs> some get gangster from the Wild Wild West, flashing a gun at a seventeen year old who who threw a basketball at him. Like, are you kid- Are you really putting your yourself at stake? Now it gets even worse. According to the Washington Post, this incident happened at in a mall, I guess somewhere in South Carolina. Uh, it it really was unclear what mall this was, but John Morant's mom was at a mall. And of course, you know, as moms do, they got in an, she got in an argument with an employee at a store. So what does John Morant's mom do? This was uh, the store is called finish line, which I believe is some kind of shoe product or, you know, some sporting goods store. So John Morant's mom calls her son. So what does John Morant do? He rolls up to the mall with like eight dudes. And they get mouthy and start mall security, you know, Paul Blart. uh, um, That's another bad joke. Don't even need it. Uh, Paul Blart, the the mall security guy, shows them to the parking lot. Get out of here. Get out of here. They're refusing to leave. Real police show up. And John Morant is overheard saying, let me find out what time he gets off work. What time his shift ends? And the guy's like, whoa, what are you you doing, dude? You're an NBA player. In his head, I'm assuming he's saying, you're an NBA player. So he tells the police this. And now the Washington Post gets their hands on it. So we've got now multiple incidents where John Moran all of a sudden is acting like he's some street guy who's hanging out with the wrong crew. He's got his posse. He's all gassed up. And he's jeopardizing a really good thing. Somebody in Memphis is going to have to sit this dude down and be like, hey, man, this crew you're running with, they're no longer welcome in the arena. I'm sorry, bud. I know we love you here, but the entire Memphis organization, at this point, you have to believe they know about some of this stuff, right? And for them to do nothing and the incidents keep piling up, like John Morant is seriously putting what seems like a very, very promising NBA career in jeopardy. This is a guy who should know, hey guys, I got out of a tough situation in South Carolina. I was looking up the school he went to. Somebody made this really... Really funny parody. Obviously, the movie 8 Mile is classic starring Eminem. The ending, the wrap-off is iconic stuff to the point that I I have it saved on my DVR. I've kind of showed it to my son, who's almost about to be 12. It's, it's that great of a scene. You know, listen, he hears cuss words. Come on. it's He's in middle school. They'd say cuss words. It's not the end of the world that I showed him that. But when Eminem goes at, spoiler alert, Eminem... 8 Mile, 20-year-old movie. When Eminem goes at Papa Doc, he basically pulls his pants down on stage and is like, you know, um, this guy's no gangster. His real name's Clarence. He lives at home with both parents. They've got a real good marriage. He went to a private school, blah, blah, blah. And it's just an unbelievable... If if somehow you haven't seen The End of 8 Mile, please go to YouTube right now. Pause the podcast. Go to YouTube and watch it. It's incredible. It, It is hysterical. Now, obviously, if you've seen the movie... And you watch it, you'll be laughing. At any rate, some guy on the internet went and made one of these videos substituting Ja Morant in for Papa Doc. Now, he did have one mistake. A bunch of people, after I posted it on social media, a bunch of people were like, dude, the high school John ja Morant went to was not a private school. So, I, I mean, I, it's not my video, but I did look it up in this Crestwood High School in South Carolina, not a private school. At any rate. You know, he stitched together pictures of Ja with both of his parents who played sports and were there and present for him. And, you know, he seemed like a good kid. Like, there's no history at Murray State of Ja Morant being a fool and doing off-the-court stuff where he's uh, got some massive ego and a- acting like he's some tough guy. He's got to drop this act fast. I know a lot of people love Ja Morant. He's exciting. A lot of kids buy the jersey. I I don't know, guys. I'm somewhere on the, what What are we dealing with? Is this an Allen Iverson? Is this a Russell Westbrook? Because if he doesn't learn how to shoot, all these incredible athletic dunks, all these amazing blocks, the high wire act, we see what happens when these players age. They age rapidly. Got to develop a jump shot. Otherwise, you're going to see Desmond Bain have a longer NBA career than John Morant. He's got to develop a jump shot. And he really, really, really has to ditch this crew that he's hanging with because they are leading him down some bad, bad roads. Listen, I like John Morant. I I don't love the guy. I don't love the Memphis antics. He's a team that could cause cause some noise in the playoffs. They could be NBA Finals material. I personally don't think so, but the the numbers say, sure, they've got a shot. John Morant's got to clean up his act. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, the iconic sneaker marketing maven, Sonny Vaccaro.
0: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
1: I know what sports fans want.
0: But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who
1: does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
3: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a special guest. He is a titan in the sports uh, marketing industry, the sneaker industry. I have had him on my radio show back on the Saturday show, Fox Sports Radio, because obviously this guy is a legend. Um, I He probably doesn't remember me, but I was at an ABCD camp, a uh, high school basketball camp, where this kid named LeBron James took down a New York City phenom named Lenny Cook, and kind of that was. I know everybody wants to say the LeBron game against Melo on TV was the game, but. It was really at Sonny Vaccaro's camp, the ABCD camp in New Jersey, where LeBron's star was born. So let's welcome in Sonny Vaccaro. Sonny, how are you, man?
4: I'm fine. I'm fine. Looking forward to this. You had it right. I think LeBron's you know debut against Lenny that day is, remember, Jay-Z was there. I mean, we can go no further, and, and he actually talked about it You know, when he was in. Some of these things he said, so you are absolutely right. That was the coming out, yeah. You know, Mellow and him, and the, and the regular scheduled game, and all that was right. But uh, this one was this one was it, yeah. And
3: Sonny, of course, was the uh kind of the central focus of a ESPN 30 for 30 called Soul Man, uh, from about eight years ago. And now, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon decided, you know what, we should make a movie about this guy. It's called Air. And it is about Sonny Vaccaro signing Michael Jordan to Nike back in the day. Sonny, I am curious when you get the first call about this movie, um, is it from Afak and Damon or is it a middleman? Like, how, when you first hear about it, are you like, oh, what took you guys so long? Or is it, damn, this is really happening?
4: Let me tell you, as much as I like to talk about all this, it happened without me knowing. During all the things I had done with Mandalay Bay, John Weinbach did the, you know, the the 30 on 30 thing. And I've done some other things, you know, in my life, as you know. But there was a young writer that he was in charge of all the the scripting through Soul Man and also The Last Dance named Alex Conroy, And I had no idea it was happening. So this young man put all the scripts, all the things I did in all my interviews, 60 hours of that, that, because I was actually interviewed for the last dance, but I was never invited to, go to participate. Huh. This young man wrote a script, and then I knew nothing about it. And about two or three weeks before the Super Bowl last year, just remember what I'm saying, last year, they told me about it. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about a script. And uh, Peter Guber, who runs Manly Bay, and, and 16 more people, including John Weinbach and the right, young writer, invited my wife and I, Pam, down to Beverly Hills to tell me. They wanted me involved. Wow. That's how it happened. So this young man wrote a script. They sold it on the blacklist, which you know what that is. That's yeah. up and coming movies. Yeah, and he came in first. I mean, he was really high. Uh, looked at and you know, and all the big time people wanted it. George Clooney wanted it. Michael uh, Jordan thing wanted it. So when I looked at the, I never saw the script until after I met. So what I'm saying and trying to answer your question. I have nothing to do with it, but I'm totally involved. And I, I did, I didn't meet uh, Ben or I. Uh, Matt call me. We had, we did some uh, zooms there. Then they invited me down to watch screenings. I, I'm totally involved without any involvement. By <laughs> that, that, that's I probably mean, the best case, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that is wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful for me, and it's, uh, you know, take it one step further, Robert. It's. Uh, it's an unbelievable event that, that's happening in my life. I mean, it's, you know, not that there aren't other things and whatever, but this was totally unexpected and I'm thrilled. <laughs> so go ahead, ask me the next question.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when I think about the movie, the trailer was incredible. I think it debuted yeah. maybe during the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl.
4: That's yeah, right. On, in the second quarter, main time. Uh, finances are pretty high at that time, as you would know, young fella. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, my god. Yeah. And yeah. Before
3: yeah. you know, everybody starts to turn it on. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people want to see the halftime. So so they turn it on yeah. before. And that's when yeah. uh the, the trailer comes out. And I remember being at a Super Bowl party and everybody's like, Wow, that looks really, really good. And I don't know, Sonny, you know, you lived in it, and it's weird. It's sometimes difficult to step away from a moment when you're in it and see how incredible it is. Do you ever do that? And just step away and think, like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, I I did. Uh, the Michael Jordan stuff. Yeah, that was that was pretty incredible. You
4: know, and I've talked to your audience here and, you know, and someone like yourself you know, that everyone knows. I, I say this humbly, not not like an Embragadoo show. I think my life has been very interesting. And, and to be very honest to your audience, I've had an unbelievable life. And it's almost I, I can't explain it on, on your show or anybody. I can't explain it to my wife. <laughs> He's been working 30 years, But, but what I'm, I'm saying is things seem to happen unknowingly to me my whole life. But that I've had. But this is this is totally odd. Usually the things that I've been able to do or put in place with to, to be involved with situations in my life, such as Nike later on and the abandonment later on. Th- those were things that were there that somebody who was looking for things I found. But this this movie is like a godsend. I mean, you're talking about Michael Jordan, you're talking about a man, you know, that, that I don't care, you know, all this GOAT stuff and all this who's best and who bad I mean, i not going like to get into that because I was involved with most of them. I mean, mm-hmm. so I know who the players are and there's always arguments about whatever, and that's good, that's healthy. But when you're talking about the GOAT of advertising, you're talking about the GOAT of marketing, no one can ever do again. It will never be do, uh, replicated nope. what Michael Jordan did. Mm-hmm. And I was on there. I was fortunate enough to be given and allow me to think and Phil Knight allowed me and a man named Rob Strasser allowed me and Michael allowed me. We traveled the world together. So to say anything would be foolish on me to you know, try and pretend something here. But if this if this doesn't come out, you know, unrelated to me, if I would have written a script, if I'd have said I'm gonna do the damn movie, right? There'll be every reason for you or anybody else to question what happened. But this happened because of other people, very important other people. And then when you get mad, you know, And I mean, Viola Davis playing Michael's mother. I mean, <laughs> This is like Ocean's Eleven. You're old <laughs> enough to remember Ocean's Eleven. The, the cast, am I right? I
0: mean, oh, yeah. You know, unbelievable. The
4: cast is, the cast is unbelievable. And they're, and they're opening in, you know, 100 and some countries. I mean, uh, it, it's going everywhere, and then it goes on, you know, Amazon. So to say anything, it was no braggadocio at all. I'm the luckiest guy in the world during this particular time in my life. I mean, to have it at 83 years old, and the story of Michael Jordan, how it actually happened, will be remembered. And and you know, I mean, we're, we're, we joke once in a while and all that sort of stuff, but once it's in a book or once it's in film, it lasts forever. Oh yeah, and when you're you know, so um, I, I'm excited. I'm afraid we're actually four weeks on four weeks from today it'll be over with the, the, the premiere. Which my wife and I are going to go to the premiere, and you know, this all over the country. It's it's an unbelievable experience for the Italian kids in Trafford, Pennsylvania. You know, it really is.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
2: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at slash with AMAX.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all terrain tires for on and off road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories. And we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now.
3: You know, there's been so many articles written about you. And I think one of the overriding themes, Sunny, is your willingness to challenge authority whether it's the NCAA and, you know, kind of the way they treated young athletes, specifically uh, mostly black athletes and you pushing back and helping them and uh, starting these all-star games and then the camps and, you know, getting Jordan to Nike and Kobe to Adidas and like brokering deals. I don't know. Is that, is that something you can really learn? Or is that something that you kind of, you're just born with that skill and ability to kind of navigate all these challenging relationships?
4: No one's ever put it so well to an audience that, you know, that I'm not familiar with and you know, but I can't explain that. It, 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 it's impossible to explain my life. And I, I was involved with all those things. When, when my, my buddy, my, I was 24 years old when he, uh, Patrick Caesar, a boyhood friend of mine, you know, was, was 25, we, we started that first All Star game. What the hell made me think of an All Star game in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania against the world? Well, this is 1964, ladies and gentlemen, 13 years before the well-known McDonald's game. Mm-hmm. What the heck, you make an all-star camp like ABCD camp and you don't charge kids money to do it. I mean, and then you come to O'Bannon. I mean, O'Bannon, to me, in my life, and when you see the movie, you'll see it. They give you credits to O'Bannon. What Eddie O'Bannon did, you know, what we did with that case against the end away is something I can take to my grave as feeling good because that, that that helped thousands and thousands of kids, you know, because, listen, we're, we're, you're watching right now the chaos in the NCAA. You're watching mm-hmm. right now things that are, they're, they're going to go under. We're not going to have that anymore. It'll be an, another day or two. But they failed. They failed because of their greed and they failed because of the Alliston case and all the cases preceded Eddie but never were able to get to the finals. That's that's what this is all about. The world is screwed up. I've watched I watched a lot of things, I mean, my whole time. But the one that appalled me more than anything is thinking they owned your name, image, and likeness for perpetuity. They had the balls to say that they own my, my likeness and that they being the end subway. So that to me is whatever. But I'll tell you what, if I don't went into Michael, if I don't do that all star game, I don't I can't explain it. But Michael Jordan. And Air is, uh, Air is an interesting movie. If you don't know anything about basketball, you, you just know one thing. The trail to get him, all the great things happened, took three and a half months mm. and it was done. That's that's all, that's what it was. You know, the, the, the meetings I had, the feelings I had. And I think when you see the, the, the entirety, there's a scene that Matt does in there that, uh, that, that, that just makes me, you know, the, there's a lot of things. But one of them on the specific point of what you brought up, I never met Michael Jordan until I met him at Tony Romo's after the game. I saw him play, and probably noticed this at the Georgetown when they lost. You know they beat Georgetown, and you know, yeah. and I was a big Georgetown man. That's when I was working with Nike. We had eighty, we had eighty teams, you know, in the shoe though. like right that. you know, but that that shot stuck in my mind without ever meeting, without ever talking about it again because I was. I was aggravated. he he, Georgetown. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I was a fan and, and also a business person for Nike. And I never knew anything about him. He didn't go to camp. He didn't play. He played with dolls. He didn't play in a round ball, all that stuff. And then to, to my life to turn around because they held Rob Strasser and Nike and, you know, got together and said, we're going we're gonna to do something. We're going to get a real player. We're going to pay him real money. And we're going to market him. That's mm-hmm. what your audience is pay attention that was the difference and I said we'll give it to the kids I mean yeah. you know, it shows plainly there but that, that's what I said that that I on God is my judge I said that you know and they said well, you, you'll well, you bet your job will help my my wife was more successful than I was in 1984. That's how it happened so the, this this will live forever because it shows you what the power of an individual and a person who basically, Michael's, Michael's not like a people guy that goes around the world. I mean,
0: no. people, when you,
4: especially that, you know, that's who he is. But his power and his beauty of his skill and the way he handled everything, I don't think, I don't think there ever would have been an Air Jordan. I don't mean, just, I mean, Air Jordan ever. There would have been guys wearing shoes, getting paid a lot of money, that named the shoes. I don't know if they named the shoe because they didn't until 1984. I mean, I know we had Stan Smith, we had stuff like that, but that wasn't marketed. I mean, you bring in the Spike Lee, I mean, the, the Nike marketing department, I mean, you did all these things. I don't know if you know this, he was the first athlete to appear on Saturday Night Live. I was with him, Pam and I, that night. You know, it was the biggest one ever, Nin- 1992. There was a special Michael Jordan on, on one of the networks, I forget what it was. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that was that was me. He allowed me to do it with with comic relief with Billy Crystal, Robin Williams. That's right. So, I mean, uh, and and, and Walter Goldberg. That that that's we, we do that in Chicago theater. So he was, he was, he is magnetic. I mean, I mean, there's, there's so how how I was able to join Michael. What if he says no? What if I don't know? What if I didn't see that game? What what if what if what if yeah. right? is the world made of what if?
0: <laughs>
4: That's it, probably, it is. It's what if, it you know, yeah.
3: you go no, sorry. You no, know, no, Sonny. I was going to say, you know, I get a lot of these college kids saying, hey, Jason, I got to know, how do you get from where I am in college to where you are on TV hosting your own podcast? You know, how do I get there? And I say, you know what? There's no path. There's no direct path. All this crazy stuff had to happen. For me to for to get where I am from working at, at this newspaper, the Bergen Record in North Jersey when I covered your ABCD camp. Like, if you had asked me 20 years ago, Jason, will you be on TV five days a week and hosting your own podcast? No, I would have laughed. I would have been like, Come on, get out of here. No, no chance. I mean, Sonny, you almost did you have an idea of what you had wanted? With these camps and, and the sneaker stuff and Adidas, and like, did you have any idea that's what you wanted to go into when you were like a young man in your, in your early 20s?
4: Jason, when I was in my early 20s and I was at Youngstown State University, I was lucky to have a scholarship. I was lucky for a lot of things as I, I go through it. I'm telling you, things came to me at the moment they came to me. It's so fascinating. I, I, Jason, I was, you know, I can, I can say this on your radio show. I graduated. Third, third from the bottom of my class in Trafford High School, a small community of about 3,500 people in 1957. I wasn't supposed to go to college. I had a guidance counselor that I never knew because I never thought I was going to college. You know, she said I used to speak. I was the captain of the football team for two years, and I'd make speeches. And she came up to me one day. I swear to God as my judge. And she said, "You know, John, that's my name, John." He said, "I'd like to talk to you." And I said, "Yes, Mrs. Healy, what was that?" I said. I think you have a gift. What is speaking. I yeah. swear to God, she said that. Speaking. I'm speaking the thing. So, and then she said, do you ever think you're going to college? And I said, no. <laughs> I was going to play baseball. I actually had a chance to sign with the Pirates. That's the fact. And it's documented what? and all that stuff in baseball. But she, but, there, but what happened was the University of Kentucky was recruiting me. Uh, there was a, I haven't been Italian on i Italian-centric at Pittsburgh Project or Jason, so but anyway, I I went there and I said, I can play baseball and football and whatever. And I turned on the, the thing. And, and I went to kind of let call you the coach. I go down there and I visit and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, they found out about my academics that I graduated third from the bottom. So they sent me a junior college, in Reedley, California. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny's going away. Remember him? He was our quarterback. It, it's after the war. It's like 1957 now, right? My uncle's, my father's family. They, some got killed in a war. Some, I'm, I'm a child of that circumstance. Growing up, what did I see? Hispanics and you know, and, and, and uh, you know, Japanese people. And I never saw in my life before, right? I mean, yeah. that happened. I go out there, I get injured. I, I I want to move on. I, I write a letter to a coach in, in at Youngstown State University, which I know a lot, who was recruiting me. Also, as one of the smaller kids in uh, schools. I never thought of going there, but I write him a letter. He writes back, says, "Yeah, John, come on back." I go to Youngstown State. I'm talking fast, and I know you're on the thing. No, no, state. take your time. Okay, so I go back there. I go. I, I actually, um, they're, they're they're doing a special on. Anyway, so I go to youngstown and, and a guy named Dyke Beatty, you know, is a coach. So I go out, it's it's fall practice. I you know I go to the practice and I'm I got hurt at Really during the, the bowl game. We played in the you know one of the bowl games and we were pretty good and I, I did it pretty good out there. But anyway, I, I go there and I, I can't run anymore. That was my forte, I guess. And, and so I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? And 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 Dyke was honest. His, his assistant coach with the basketball case named Don, Don Brazelli. I I was basketball to work through all my sports, Jason. So now <laughs> I go there and, and Dyke says, you know, I'm listen, this is 57, 58 now, right? So they, they should have kicked me out, right? I mean, they kick kids out now. You know, we're watching it, right? The new coach comes in, 20 guys are gone. Boom, 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 boom. Don said, hey, could you help me get some, Basketball players to come to Youngstown from Pittsburgh, I swear to God, Wow. that's what happened. I, and I did. I went out and I started getting what would be called AAU teams now in my little area. Meanwhile, kids I brought here, two of the kids I brought here in those three years are in the Hall of Fame right now at Youngstown State University. So all those circumstances, I'm trying to tell your audience, were unforeseen. They shouldn't have happened in the yeah. real world. I didn't go to school to be a doctor. I didn't go to school to be a dentist. I didn't go to school to be a teacher. I went to school to be me. And I just <laughs> progressed. And, and me come out. And, and one day, you know, in 1984, you know, I meet M- Michael Jordan, uh, Tony Romas, the, and then the yeah. rest. You know, I, yeah, I've done some
3: interesting things. Yeah, I, obviously, luck plays a part in everybody's journey sure. to wherever they're headed. And, you know, I, we could toss around luck. Like people would listen to this and might say, oh, Sonny Vicaro got kind of lucky with Jordan. Come on. But, but Sonny, you know this. If you stir up enough. If you try to make enough things happen, eventually you're going to stumble on something, right? You're not going to just, you're yeah. not sitting at your house w- watching TV all the time or, or reading. The, well, the Internet didn't exist back then, but you're not just sitting around yeah. doing nothing, twiddling your thumbs. You're out there stirring up stuff, trying to make things happen. And in the process, you stumble upon Michael Jordan because there were other big time stars at the time, right? That, that uh, I'm sure Nike would have been like, well, why are
4: we going for this guy, Jordan? I went to the NBA in that draft. Carl Barkley, I mean, you go look, John Stockton. I mean, uh, six of them went to the draft. They're all, they're all you know, three of them with all fame, I think. So, yes, they were. But I said that. Sam Bowie uh, was the number one player. If you remember him, he got hurt. He was going to go oh, yeah, here. Kentucky. Everyone knows the story. Yeah. there was The irony here is it was a moment of my life that I never forgot. And I think if I have, I don't know what I have or don't have, I have some sort of a gift. I never knew Kobe Bryant. I never thought I did. Tracy McGrady never played high school basketball. I mean, th- these were kids that come to the camp that I got to know. I I knew I knew Kobe because his daddy Joe. How about this? Was the MVP in the 1972 round ball Classic out of high school? His mother, mm. Shelby Cox, is a Cox as her, her maiden name. And Shelby played, and he was a great player in college. He played, you know, in the '73 game. So. I never knew Kobe. I never knew, you know, all those kids that came to camp. I got to meet them, and and then I made judgments on kids. I mean, uh, but but that, that's I I have a gift. I, I do. And this is not black magic. it's factual because I can't. I didn't go to class. I didn't go to school yeah. to learn how you analyze a basketball player or think about. I'm going to go against one of the biggest, most pain the butt organization in the world, the N. B. A. Well, there is you say
3: a gift. There is that phrase, the gift of gab, right? You know how to talk to people. I I know it was a a meal over uh, like almost 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago. But do you remember sitting down with with Jordan and in 1984 at the restaurant? And like, was it a challenging talk? I mean, how did you guys connect on a personal level?
4: George Ravling, who was the best man at my wedding, you know, uh, was coaching in, the, in the, uh, the Olympic games. He was assistant coach to Bobby Knight in '84, and Rudy Washington was uh, he, he's uh, he, he was working at the colleges also. George arranged it, but Rudy Washington, who was an assistant coach there in, in, in basketball, well drove Michael over. So then then Rudy went to meet, and George stayed with me, and it was me, Michael, and George traveling, and I started talking, and Michael knew a little bit about me. But no, he knew I had the Dapper Dan game. Uh, he knew I put shoes, you know, on the teams. But he also knew that he never knew what the hell a Nike was. I mean, that's a fact. And and the meeting lasted, what, an hour, and a 15, 20 minutes. Not more long than that, because George had to... Rudy, Rudy drove Michael there, not George. He had to get him back to the, you know, the Olympic games. And if Bobby Knight would have found out, I don't think would have had a... Uh, George probably lost his job, and I would never have gone further. But look, my point to you is, it just happened, and then we made this thing. And for mm-hmm. there are four other circumstances, the, the movie or show that changed everything. I mean, I just got to know him well. And like I said, I I stayed. I traveled the world. Pam and I went when the Olympic thing started. And you know when he played, you know back then in '92, that's the one in, in Spain, uh, we, we toured Europe. Me, me and Pam and uh, Howard White, who's in the movie, uh, worked in the professional parts of Nike. We we traveled from Spain, we went to Germany, we went to Paris on a tour. Joined the and we had we had our own plane. And then coming back on a plane, uh, you know, the four of us obviously from there to Chicago and uh, I played in with Michael for seven hours on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's all impossible to explain. I yeah. I don't know, but I, I do know that my feel for spawning talent or having some sort of a, a gift, I have no idea because that may seem corny or braggadocio. No. But I, I, I guess pretty well. If, that's, if it's a gift, I've done well with that. I, I feel good about that part of my
0: life. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue.
3: Fine. Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Matt Damon plays you in the movie Air, and I'm curious, Like, w- w- did they have him, or I don't know if you know the answer, did they have him watch old videos of you to pick up any mannerisms? Did you tell him what you were like? Things you were, well, you know, the little little tiny things that he could use in the movie to give that yeah, extra th- Sonny Vaccaro touch.
4: I think we did that on the Zoom for an hour. Then I think, I know we made both contacts with uh uh you know Ben and and, and all the staff. We, Pam and I spent five, six hours watching them film down mm. in California. We went to, and, and Mr. Goober was there also and John was there. Everybody connected to the film. I met the you know all the other actors were doing filming that day. So there was a, a thing and, and, and the young writer Alex, you know, come up here to uh, uh, you know, Paul Springs and spent a couple hours with me at, at the restaurant and got closer. We'd talk continually. And John Weinbach knew me from five years doing that. So yes, there was. And then, you know, Matt and I got along immediately. I mean, we had, we had that hour on uh, thinking. The first thing that was impressive, Matt told me he grew up about six mile, six blocks away from Patrick Ewing. He went to the same high school. He was a big basketball fan. Wow, it I didn't said. know that. Yeah, that that's true. There, there was a common thing when I saw Ben at the, the All Star game last week. We, we hurt and the whole world was like watching. And because I wanted to tell him something, ben, and he wanted to tell me something, but it was the most intimate, you know, uh, you know, conversation two men can have together, you know, and just. Talking. We, are, we, we there's a picture of it like his, his, his mom is like about six inches away from my ear trying to talk because they wanna around us and I told him something special and he told me something special but who would have thought that I mean to be very honest I mean that this would all evolve. who would have thought that I'd have been you know you know the, the NBAs you know Adam Silver has been tremendous in this thing they're, they're supporting the movie uh, we're gonna show it all over the country and some prime places. I, I can't explain the thing, but there was there was a camaraderie between Matt and I. I sensed that he was he was a pure basketball fan. Uh, he knew some other things that I had done, you know, that we talked about. And the other thing is very common. If I get it in real quick, I I gamble quite a bit, and oh, nice. was by, Oh, nice! Oh, I I used to go when I was when I graduated from college. My two uh, two of my high school friends. Johnny Michael and Pat season. we drove from Soundford Pennsylvania to Las Vegas. We drove. This is nineteen sixty-two. You know, right out of you know, Phil from college. And the first place I wanted to do was to play poker. I played poker all my life until recently. I haven't played in the last twenty five years, serious poker. And I'll never forget Rounders. Rounders are one okay. of great you know, watching Rounders and having this affinity then, you know, more for Matt because of that that, that thing in in, in a. And I, as I said, you know, I believe in the Cincinnati kid. These were, this was a, gambling was a great part of my life. I mean, you know, I, I, especially poker and in the movie, they have a scene where I'm gambling and I lose whatever. They have me shooting dice, which I have shot dice also. And I lost money, I guess. and I guess that was a pain in the butt. But, uh, but my point I'm making on, on having this affinity for Matt is that, that movie and his, his ease with my life. I sort of like, we spent time. I wasn't like you know Ben didn't know that but I didn't I didn't you know get to talk to Ben that much because Matt's playing me. But my, my life has been interesting and I, I can't believe what's happened. everything every, every was a poker game for me. Every, everything that I did was a bet. I was betting on whatever I was thinking and I, I don't know how better I can explain it to your to your audience Jason. Uh, it's inside of me. Uh, it didn't hold me. And I I quit you know and, and and sports was like a part of it and whatever but then all of a sudden one day you know I think you know after I left Nike I, I just quit and then mm-hmm. that's what you do because life it changed when 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 they let me go and we went forward but the movie and, and and the people I was with the supporting cast as I said before is unbelievable but Matt Damon I I just think you know. You know, all the, all these movies, I knew him better. And when he mm-hmm. identified Patrick Ewing to me, we had a bond immediately. Oh, instantly. But, yeah.
3: Yeah. Hey, Tony, let me, let me squeeze in one more. So obviously you were the guy who discovered Kobe for Adidas, uh, back yeah. in the day. And I'm looking at that draft in 96 and it had some heavy hitters, obviously Iverson, Marcus Camby, Marbury. Uh, Ray Allen was incredible at Yukon Antoine Walker, Kentucky. All yeah. these big time. I thought Kerry Kittles was special. How the heck do yeah, you Kerry say Kobe Bryant is the guy you want? That's the guy you want. How did you know that?
4: Well, to your audience, we. I had to start new because I had been let loose by Nike. Mm-hmm. I, we couldn't get obviously they had all the great guys and a couple other you know Pat Grand Hill and he had his own shoe and a couple other guys did. But I knew I knew I was going after. I moved to New York. Jason, Pam and I lived there for Adidas sent me there for seven months. Because of my camp and because I, everything was happening in New York at that time, we uh, we went back. And I knew I wanted Kobe his junior year when he came unknown to our camp. His dad brought him. I put him in because a friend of mine, Gary Charles, told me that you know he knew his dad and, and this kid was good. And the dad wanted to see me again. And all those years in 72, when Bill was, Joe and I had met, uh, when he was a player, he mm-hmm. said, I have a son when you put him in camp. I said, certainly, I'll put him in camp. And, you know, and I did. I never knew what I was getting. And he played. And I'll give, you, I'll give you what happened. He was brilliant. He was different, quite different. But what he said to me after the camp, I'd go over and I'd meet all the i thank all the kids and all that. And, and Kobe was one of the last to go. And, and Gary was over there with uh, Joe and, uh, and uh, Pam, his wife and Kobe come run over to me. I'll never forget this. I've had three things with, with great athletes. And one day I'll tell you the Michael story, but Kobe's story was, he runs over to me. Now I knew that I, he was possibly going to be the first major sign. We said there was other kids. In fact, the other guy was Kerry Kittle, to be very angry. Seriously, that's who, you know, so I knew about that and I knew Raleigh and all that sort of stuff. And so anyway, so Kobe says, uh, Thank you, Mr. Carroll, for inviting me to camp. I really enjoyed myself, blah, 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 blah. But I want to apologize. Are you listening, audience? I want to apologize. <laughs> well, Kobe, why would you you're not gonna apologize? Yes, it is. I said, why? He says, because I wasn't, you know, I didn't do whatever I did there. He said, but I'm going to tell you, here's what he said to me. swear to God. But Mr. Carroll, I'll tell you what. When I come back, I'm going to be the best player in the whole camp. He wasn't mm. satisfied with being on the junior All-Star team. We had a junior and a senior All-Star team at camp. He said that to me. And wow. I looked at him, and there was no emotion. I'll never forget it. I never forget it. it was me and this, this young man, 17 years old, you know, looking out there. He He's only 16 at that time because he was going in, his senior. Mm. He was talking about a year from now. He's talking about a year from then. And so I knew I was right. And then I, I stayed there. I, I never saw him play a high school game. I kept the thing. We went to we went to Philadelphia to, to visit. You know, I, I went to see other guys. Nike and the other companies had no idea. They never made a bid for him. I gave him a lot of money. I bet our bankroll just like Michael. Those are to Michael. I gave Kobe a million dollars, and, and we hired Joe to you know to help us do a lot of things. Obviously, just be with his son. A uh, million dollars was a lot of money for a high school kid, and they all laughed. <laughs> so when, I, when I'm telling you, the company that I left on top of the world, and they're still on top of the world, but they, they never went after all the BS. They never went after Kobe. I had Kobe. All I had to do was follow through and get the support of um, you know Peter Moore, who was running Adidas at the time, and uh, that was my orders. So we lived in New York. I went to games. I went all over, and no one until draft day knew we were going to take, you know, and we had Arn Tellin represented them. And, uh, and I was there, I, I arranged uh, along with Arn, and he's close with Jerry West, the workout, the famous workout he had, yeah. we brought it on. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry runs over to me, you know, mid court and he stops, he stops the, the workout like 10, 15 minutes. He said, we've seen enough. We don't, He didn't want anybody to And then he and Arn talked and now everyone knows they didn't have a draft pick. They, you know, they, they traded, uh, what's his name? You know, Vlade Divac. For him. Yeah. Vlade, who was a great player.
0: Oh yeah. I love it. Vlade.
4: God. Yeah. Vlade was a great player. So let's not, you know, and, and, and Jerry said, you know, I got to get in the draft. And they, their plan was, and, uh, Charlotte, I believe that's who they traded. Them yes. to. They had no interest. They had no interest in Kobe. So <laughs> if we knew if we could get to Charlotte, Kobe would go. Nobody one else, we don't know what're I'm being very honest with you. We No one knew except Jerry West that you know that Kobe was safe. He was going in that lottery, all that stuff, and he was going to go and he was going to end up with the Lakers. It's one of those stories, Jason, you can't tell. I mean I first of all, let's go back, as I told you before, you know, go back to my like chain as I go through my life. Something always happened in the right direction that I never, you know, that I ever dream in my life and I'm going to see Jerry West in the middle of court running about a kid that I recommended to go. No, that didn't ever happen. I didn't know who Jerry West was until I, you know, was involved with the kids that were leaving high school. I, I mean, I knew who he was, but I never met him or, you know, that same. and he says we're taking Kobe Bryant and they're going to, they're going to make a trade and they get rid of life. All these things are incomprehensible. They, they really are. And that's why I live under the lucky star. I mean, Unbelievable. You know, so,
3: yeah. Sonny Vaccaro, everybody. The legendary sports marketing executive, sneaker legend. Way to go, Sonny. Congrats on all your success, and thanks for taking the time to jump on the podcast.
4: Well, let's hope we do it some other time. We don't have to wait 40 years this time, okay?
0: <laughs> but all right, buddy. Anytime you want to be, asked, we'll do it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This
1: is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.